Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. This is a uh, internet streaming platform review and discussion podcast. I am your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. Hey everybody. Um, if you're new to the podcast, what we do here is we watch a uh, we watch two shows in their entirety on a sh- internet streaming platform via Netflix, Hulu Plus, Amazon Prime, what have you, and we discuss everything that was in that season. So spoilers constantly. We just vomit spoilers right into your computer. Um, so if not it's a- really. Well, we we have, but. Some things we don't spoil. There are there are some things we don't want to spoil in case, you know, you are listening to this without having watched the show, but there are spoilers that do come up, just as a fair warning. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. But we don't we don't vomit them. I do. Because I don't give up. No, um anyway. <laughs> another thing about the show is that a lot of the shows that we do talk about have heavy themes. So if it's something that it doesn't interest you or or something that might be uh, I don't want to use the word trigger, but that's kind of how I have to go with that. Definitely, um, I would I would subvert yourself. Um, uh, so the uh, the other thing I want to bring up before we get into the shows, um, everything that we do, you can find on allcuedupodcast dot com. You can also uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Um, which Josh, go and give them a rundown of the uh, stuff on Patreon real quick. Give him the rundown of the stuff on Patreon. Oh. This is also my brother Josh. Josh, not not this Josh, but I was talking to the Josh that's on the podcast. Josh. Oh, oh, <laughs> what's up, Josh? This is Elder Josh. Hey. Quick, quick little. I uh, was freaking out because you were saying almost <laughs> the exact same thing I was getting ready to say, and that was weirding me the fuck out. I was like, "Why am I hearing my words in a different voice?" <laughs> so, uh, what's up? Um. Okay, so, uh, Josh, go ahead and give them a rundown of the Patreon real quick. I'll be right back. Okay, sure. Uh, As a patron, you would gain access to the same-day release of the recording. Uh, Normally, we record on Wednesdays and upload everything on Friday. As a patron, you would be able to listen to the episode on Wednesday after it is recorded. Um, you would get one, at least one exclusive show per month from Greg and myself. Uh, there would be exclusive video content potentially available. Uh, you would have input as to what we cover on the show. Uh, we would want to do live hangouts via Google Hangouts or, uh, Discord, uh, with patrons once a month. Uh, also, kind of like a Rift Tracks or Mystery Science Theater 3000 type show where we watch something cheesy and just rip on it through the entire thing. Those are some of the things that would be on the uh, would-be patron bonuses for all of you out there. And so, yeah. And don't forget, we're also taking pre-orders for our shirt with the all queued up logo. 
100% black Gildan cotton with the all queued up logo art on the front. Uh, sizes range from small to 5X and they are $30 shipped. Just hit us up uh, in our email, allcueduppodcast at gmail.com. Say shirt pre-order and let us know what size and we'll get you locked in for that. Awesome. Um, Alright guys, so the two shows that we're going to talk about this week are Glow, specifically Season 2, but we're going to also talk about Season 1 since we've never talked about it on the show. And the uh, the other show we're going to talk about is a Danish show called The Rain. Um, uh, but first we're going to talk about The Rain, because there's not a whole lot I have to say about that show. Um... Uh, I, I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but my brother keeps whispering shit at me, and it's distracting. I'm not recording a podcast or anything. You're just saying, Glow, season one and season two, best display of what an inside look at the wrestling business I know. Is. I want to talk about the show, yeah. but I want to, but we got to talk about but the But as first. a wrestling fan, as a mark, as, a, as like a true wrestling fan, it's brilliant. I know. It's fun to watch the show with our mom, too, who doesn't like wrestling but loves the show because of how well it Same. I watch that. it with my wife, who also does not like wrestling in terms of, like, WWE or Impact or TNA or anything like that, but loves the show Glow because it gives you a look at what wrestling is really about. I agree. And then, but also gives you that weird frou-frou lady drama. Well, a character development story. <laughs> yeah. Season two, though, a little too much Mark Maron, but that's okay. I love Mark Maron. Now. I do, too, but it's a little too... I mean, the show, either it's either it's about Lady Wrestling or it's about Mark Maron. Pick one. I... Uh, um, okay. We'll talk later more about yeah. that. I listen to your podcast, so I can't wait to hear myself. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, later, dude. Alright, well, that was a quick little aside there. Um, but we'll get more tell into it. I'm gonna cu- tell him I'm gonna cut every bit of that out. <laughs> It'd be funny if he starts talking about that and you just put in, like, funny music to cut in it out. That would be hilarious. Anyway, um, let's get into the rain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well. So, yeah, briefly give a give a quick synopsis of what the show is about, Josh. Well, the rain opens up in Scandina- Scandinavia. Uh, focuses on two Danish siblings, Simone and Rasmus. And the show opens up with their father, uh retrieving Simone from school and rushing to safety in a bunker, trying to outrun a storm. And apparently something has been unleashed and it's a virus that is in the rain that when it comes into contact with human, with human skin, they pretty much almost immediately die. Uh, They have terrible, reactions to it and they pretty much the show picks up six years later the very first night in the bunker the girls the 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 kid's dad he says hey i have to go to my office stay here wait for me i'll come back for you when it's safe and they hear somebody banging on the bunker trying to get in the mother goes outside and it's not their father. He drags her out into the rain. They both die in front of the kids' eyes, and the kids are stranded on their own for six years. Um, it cuts forward in time after that. Now, I think it's right after the first episode. It cuts forward in time, right? 
Yeah, at the end of the first episode. So pretty much the first episode, you're seeing Simone and Rasmus in this um, bunker adjusting to life without their parents. He's adjusting to her being in charge. He's a really small, timid kid. She was, you know, just a... She was a teenager in high school. She was probably around 15, 16 years old, and Rasmus was about 10 years old. Um, <clears throat> they have food supplies. You know, they've got just multiple shelves full of MREs, and they've got a fresh water supply uh, in the bunker, you know, place to sleep, showering facilities. So they have pretty much everything they need to survive. They just have no means of communication with the outside world, and they're unable to go outside themselves because they have no idea what's out there. They have a couple of hazmat suits, but, um, you know, they pretty much stay in. And then they realize their food supply is dwindling near the end of the first episode, you know, and it's fast-forwarded six years. Uh, Rasmus is 16 now, and Simone's probably around 21, 22. Give or take, yeah. In, yeah, yeah, give or take. She couldn't be younger than 20 at Yeah, they don't point, ever specify ages, so. No, no. In the end credits, it does say, you know, Rasmus age 10, Rasmus age 16, but it doesn't ever specify her her age because, you know. Did it really say his age? One actress for her. Mm-hmm. I must have missed that. One, one actress for her and two actors, two actors for him. You know, 10-year-old and 16-year-old. Anyway. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Credits. I was, yeah. I thought you were saying that, like, there was, like, a, there was, like, a, uh, words on the screen around, oh, no, like. no, yeah. no, the closing credits, yeah. But, yeah, uh, they emerge, uh, well, she, they realize they're running out of food. They've just got a few days worth of food left. So she goes in the middle of the night one night while he's asleep in a hazmat suit going exploring. And it basically she emerges into a world very similar to the Fallout video games. Uh, hardly any humans anywhere to be seen. She doesn't see anyone. She sees animals. They're not mutated, so it's not exactly like Fallout. But everything is like you see abandoned cars, desolate run-down, abandoned buildings, you know, it's just a post-apocalyptic wasteland, pretty much. And she goes back down to the bunker, and she tells him there's there's, there's nothing out there. There's nobody left. And then a group of survivors apparently spotted them and clogged up the air vents to the bunker and it because of the oxygen oxygen shortage, it overrides the computer, overrides the bunker, and opens up the main doors, and they're taken captive, more or less. These people were wanting their food. And it's basically, you know, a look at survival, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I think that right there, like, so there was, because um, right after that scene when those people go to, quote-unquote, take them captive, that's around the time that they actually join forces with them because Simone is fucking brilliant. Um, yeah, she she really is. She knew that because of information left behind by her father, there are bunkers scattered all over the country. She knows that these other bunkers probably didn't have the opportunity to be filled by people. She knows that there's going to be food stocked in these bunkers. And most of them can be traveled 
on foot within a day's time. Yeah. So she's memorized the map. These people, they come in, they lock them in a cell or lock them in a door, you know, like a makeshift cell. And they're trying to find any food and they they don't find anything because they're pretty much out of everything now. And they're getting ready to leave and she gets their attention with the data pad. And she says, I know where there's more food. And then she smashes the data pad. And the leader of the outfit, he's like, why did you do that? And then she pointed to her head and she's like, it's all up here. So if you want food, you've got to take us with you. And that's how they became this band of six survivors looking for food. Yeah. They, In the meantime. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say they. Uh, the show does a, a decent job at. Um, kind of kind of showing history of each character through the episodes coming up, but mm-hmm. it's not so much ragtag. Um, it, it seems like ragtag. Like when we say like, oh, they're just part of this group now. The group at one time may have been ragtag, but at this point they've been together for so long they are no longer ragtag. Um, yeah, the four the four that they came that came upon them, they had been together for almost six years, almost since the very beginning. Yeah. Um, actually, five of them. I'm sorry, five of them. Yeah, because if because there was, uh, because there was, it a, was yeah there was different groups and different situations that caused them to come together in different times and yada yada yada. But the thing that mm-hmm. like, so I'm gonna we're just gonna talk our opinions about the show now instead of just talking about the plot. Uh, well, well, one other one other major plot point is when uh, Simone's dad, Simone and Rasmus's dad, left them. He said, look, do whatever you have to do to keep him safe. He is the key to all of this. And you see via flashbacks, he was very sick when he was younger. And his dad works for some company called Apollon. And they used some type of experimental treatment on him that had not been approved by whatever, you know, is the equivalent of the FDA. Um... And it cured his son. So he and his boss, they're like, this kills so many bacterias, so many viruses, let's unleash it. And they unleashed it as an airborne virus. They seeded it into the rain clouds. But it started killing everybody, anybody that it touched. So they are... Not only trying to find food with these bunkers, they're trying to find out where their dad is, and that's their major major motivation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, that is a definite plot point we're going to talk about briefly. Um, I don't know. So one of my biggest problems with the show, Josh, like, I really, really liked the premise. I really liked the script. I hated the pacing of the show. Hated. Mm. I felt like this show moved like you were walking through thick mud, waist high. Like it just it it didn't. Um. I don't know. I don't know how to put it correctly. Like there were a lot of times where if I'm watching a show, Josh, and I'm looking at my phone more than I'm watching the show, that's bad. Like I was losing interest super fast. Hmm. Um, I mean, I'd pay attention to, like, I'd be listening to the, cause I had, I had, uh, dubbed, not subbed, 
Um, which I'm sure you watched the subtitled. I actually uh, tried it both ways, and I went with the English dub. It's not bad at no, all. <laughs> no, no, it was a, it was a really good dub because they actually used Scandinavian actors that spoke English because you know they had solid most accents. People yeah, in Scandinavia, yeah, the, most people in Scandinavia do speak English as a second language. So. <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, what was the other show we watched? That was oh, the the German one. Um, dark, dark, yeah. Dark. It wasn't as bad as dark by any measure, but uh, no, this was a good dub. You didn't get the hollowness sounding. The the hollow sounds uh, where people fell out of place when they were speaking. They felt like, okay, these voices feel like they're coming from this location. Yeah, exactly. So it was yeah. a very good dub. Very good dub. Um, and, you know, good, good voice acting, you know. it was, And it was most likely the same actors' voices. I don't know that 100% for sure, but most likely it was probably them just re-recording the dialogue that'd be pretty cool if it was i i, I have no idea but um yeah i i should have looked into that yeah yeah eh. just know that's a good yeah. dub um yeah yeah it uh, is the reason i have to say that it, by the way i want to get back to the whole moving like moving snail's pace i i felt like for what the show was which was them in a sense in a hurry you know trying to get from bunker to bunker trying to survive from people who are kind of gone crazy and uh, situations like that, it felt like it was just moving too slow for that. There were too many moments where they were stopping and just kind of like, so tell me about yourself. And I'm like, I don't care. This show isn't about their history unless it's integral to the plot of the episode, you know? It shouldn't be that whole thing. Like, it was weird to have a character say, like, the less you know about me, the better, because I might die. And then have parts where they're just talking. I'm like, ah, oh, come on! This is not this is not entertaining. Like, this is actually really boring to me. It, it didn't feel well, like it was really good character development, and it just felt like it was there to, um, try to be character development. Now you're referring specifically to the character Beatrice, the uh, the one girl. You know, well, she said to Rasmus yes, when he was trying to get to know her. She actually said, "It's best you don't know anything about me because you know." we're all going to die anyway. I'm only referring you know. to what she said because it, it, it matters in context to what I'm saying. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not saying it was it, like, this is directly about her, but there was a lot of moments where like they get to that, what looked like a school of some kind, like a, maybe a motel mm -hmm. that had a playground in it. But um, mm -hmm. uh, I'm watching it and I'm watching them get there and I'm like, Oh, this is really cool. Like, like they show the, the, the little, the, the kids who had died. Right. Yeah, and yeah. then um, I think in the same episode, or it might be the next episode, they show a woman walking towards like a an overpass, and there's a guy on top of it, and he's pointing a gun. He's like, "Don't come any closer." And she keeps walking. She's holding a baby, and then she walks mm -hmm. under the bridge, goes into a, like a military encampment, and ends mm -hmm. up killing everybody in there because she infected them, except mm -hmm. for the one dude who was on top of the bridge. And they never, mm -hmm. re they never revisit that. And I understood why. I totally get why. It was, it's mainly to show, well, uh, show a thing. Um, well, that, that, that was Martin. And each episode had one, like, specific character. They would look back at little glimpses of their past to show what they did before or who they were before. You know, because when you meet him, you know, he's the leader of this group of survivors. 
and he's clearly got some sort of military training. But, but you see him early on in the, his military career. He didn't get too far in his military career. I mean, he couldn't follow orders. And I understand that. Like I said, I get I get that it was for a point, but it it didn't. They they should have they should have revisited that more. I felt like I wanted to see him like where he went after that, and if there was any more after that. Like it just felt like the parts of the show where there's a lot of downtime and a lot of characters mm-hmm. staring at each other from a distance or whatever could have been filled with that stuff, but they didn't. They just were like, let's make it ominous. Let's make it kind of in, in, the, in that fashion. And, and to me personally, it, I just didn't enjoy that. I, I didn't like that. Now that's not being said. I didn't enjoy the show because I did. I loved, like I said, I loved the script. The actors were fantastic. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of my favorite mm-hmm. things, Josh, actually, and I'm just, gonna throw this out there which is really weird the actors weren't pretty actors like i don't know if it's just danish beauty beauty standards but for hollywood standards all the actors are in hollywood standards ugly but i like that. well i mean they look like normal just everyday people that's my point that's what two hollywood standards and also are also also you know you're looking it's at hollywood people standards that have we're ugly. without just saying well they don't know because I'm a beautiful son bitch. But anyway, um, I said Hollywood <laughs> standards. I didn't say my. They're standards. wrong. They're <laughs> wrong. But anyway, um, you know these are people that have gone six years without amenities too, like little luxuries, like oh, hair product and makeup and you know clean clothes. Although I do have to say there is one episode where they found this one settlement and. They had the shower scene together. Ain't no goddamn way everybody's fucking underwear after six years is going to be that skid mark fucking free with no washing machines in Scandinavia. It's also, it's also I don't want to see skid marks. There's that. I'm just saying. Uh, by six the way, years, no skid way, marks? That, uh-uh. that was uh-uh. the best episode of the whole show. That was. Uh, dude, when they came up on that house. Misty's like, oh, wow, that's creepy. And then Patrick, she's like, oh, that place is creepy as shit. I'm not going in there. I was like, well, there's a cult of some sort that lives in there. I played too many goddamn video games in my life to know better, to know different. (laughs) And, of course, you know, what was it? It was a cult. But that was a (laughs) well-done episode. It was very well done. Yeah, I I, 100% love that episode. Here's the problem with the show for me also, Josh, and and this isn't, this shouldn't be a problem for everybody. This is not a situation where I'm like, the show sucks because of this. It's just something that happened for me. The show was immensely fucking predictable. Like, I saw yeah. every little twist and turn they could sh- they could throw at it like a mile away. The second that that house started acting weird and then they had meat, I was like, it's human. Immediately, mm-hmm. I was like, it's human. Well, well, here's the thing. You didn't even see any meat. You just heard a saw of some sort. And I was like, well, you know, I'd already suspected, thought, you know, human sacrifices, cannibalism, whatever. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, that, that's post-apocalyptic shit anyway. Like, that's 101. Like, you're going to have a group of yeah. people who are cannibals. Um, yeah. Yep. But the fact that they believe that, oh, each month we have this ceremony we eat in silence and then somebody's chosen and then they're the next meal a month later and they're all fine with that they're like we become each other blah 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 and i'm just like ew i mean yeah it's, it's always going to be an ew situation but that was fucking love that episode and and oh yeah it was very good um 
I don't, I don't know because I get again because I guess there's just so many post apocalyptic stories that have similar themes. I saw how the show was going to end. I saw how it was going to happen when they finally met up with their dad. There was just so much, so uh-huh. many little things here and there. I was just kind of like, okay, I see the okay, uh huh, uh huh. Yup, this seems very one on one. I did like the like these groups, these teams that they refer to as the strangers that are in hunting people down. And they take people away and the people never see them again. I did dig why they're there. Like they were basically yeah, I agree. forced into service. It's just like, okay, My, like I said, the- you're going to go into this quarantine zone. We want you to retrieve a specific person, but we don't know who that person is, but you need to find that person. Here, take these supplements. They'll help you when you're inside. All right, now that you've taken that, we just infected you with a bunch of nanomites that will disperse the virus if you leave the quarantine zone. And only we can deactivate it. So you find what we're looking for, you can go home. So these people are adamant at trying to find, basically, they're looking for someone who's immune to the virus so they can create an antivirus with that person. Yeah. Um, And I I thought that that was cool. Yeah, like I said, like... The script, if you handed me the script to the show, I'd be like, this is Stella, let's make this shit. I just, mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like... The you know, there were direct- there was a lot of things that were a little predictable, yeah. But the predictability doesn't bother me. Again, I gotta, no. I gotta make that very clear. The predictability is not something that bothers me. I will watch something, like, again, I have this thing about spoilers that I don't care, because a story should not be its, its, its twists and turns. That's not how a yeah. story, like, if a story's good enough, the spoiler stuff doesn't matter, but exactly. But um, I'm just letting I'm letting the listeners know it was very predictable for me, and it moved at a snail's pace. If those two things don't bother you, by all means, watch the show because you'll love it. At least uh, as long as you like. I didn't think that it was a snail's pace. Oh, I, I do think I that it was a slow burn, but I wouldn't consider it too slow. Maybe snail's the pace pacing... is, is a rough is a rough thing to say, but. I, I really the, the, did feel it moved too slow to keep my attention at sometimes. And that's the, the, I, the pacing didn't bother me. Yeah, yeah, because I mean the pacing didn't bother me at all. Um, keep in mind there were a oh. couple of you know it it ends there are a couple of things. It's just like, wait a minute. That's No. What? You you think they've contradicted themselves in some way. Um uh, like they're saying Rasmus is the key. Well, you know, Rasmus turns himself in. He wants to end it all. Uh, the rain, apparently, is no longer dangerous. Because everybody ended up getting wet. However, Beatrice, who Rasmus has fallen in love with, she only got a drop of rain on her while the others are soaked to the bone. Oh, that's not survive. why she died. She dies. She died because of the dog, we yeah, found okay. out later. I was, I was she dies because of the dog. However, he, you find out, has been carrying this virus inside him the entire time. I would say fine. They out. also learn. <laughs> as much well, as I yeah. knew from episode you, one. You pretty much knew as soon as, you know, it was shown that he was cured. That he was the carrier. That I, I will say they do try to present it as like a, oh, you didn't see this coming, which is kind of like, no, I did. The, <laughs> yeah, the virus mutates, and now they can't create an antivirus out of it because it will kill everybody. 
or they can do it, but not without killing him. And his dad is not willing to sacrifice the one for the needs of the many. His dad is willing to let thousands upon thousands upon thousands, millions die just so his son can live. And, you know, I was like, oh, that's terribly shitty of him. You know, he was a weak, frail little boy. He had a rough go of it, but hey, why kill people <laughs> just to save your son? It, it just bothered me. I hate I hate the levels of self. And, you know, but it is well, a good example be, of. He's not supposed to be a good guy. Like their, their dad is a piece yeah. of shit. Like they 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 exemplify that, especially at the end when he's holding a gun oh, yeah. to them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But it also goes into play, you know, greed and selfishness is one of the things that are highlighted. And his greed, his selfishness will not allow him to sacrifice his son to benefit mankind. And you see people that are actually killing each other over scraps of rotting food throughout, you know, if they go anywhere where people might be, they're fighting and killing over little scraps of food. I mean, it was well done in that regard. But yeah, uh, I, I I enjoyed it. Uh, there were a lot of things gonna say, that I did. I was going to say, I've, I've pretty much spent my opinion on it. Um, yeah. If you want to yeah. give your grade, go ahead. I'm going gonna... I'm gonna to... I'm going to give it a B. Um, okay. You know, it did a lot of things well. Uh, the actors were great. The setting was great. The world building I really, really loved. It was a little weak on the character development side, I do agree. Uh, but it wasn't hateful. Um, but it has been renewed for a second season. I am excited to see where they go with it. Because, you know, what more can they do? And I don't feel like this is a show that's going to end on a happy note. I feel like it's going to have to end on a downer of some yeah. sort but i am looking forward to a second season of it but yeah i give it i give it a b i dig it um i give it a c plus okay um like i said the it 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 lost my attention a lot uh there was a plenty of times where i would look at my phone or i was like i have to do something while watching it. Otherwise I'm not going to pay attention. So I started playing games on my phone or some to that effect. Like in the, in the back in the day when I was, when I'd be watching something and I needed to pay attention to it or talking to someone, you need to pay attention to them. I'd play solitaire on my laptop. And this is the type of show that would make me want to play solitaire while I was watching it. And I don't necessarily think that's a good thing, but then again, that's just me. It is honestly just me. Uh, Josh didn't have a problem paying attention. I did. So whatever. Um, but I think because of that, I have to, I wanted to give it a C, but I'm going to give it a C plus because I think the script is really fucking solid. I love the idea of, of a man-made virus, like wiping out 98% of the population. Like, I love that idea. I mean, I hate that idea, but I love that idea for a story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't want something like that to happen in real life. Unless I was a psychopath. Um, but, uh, but hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's not a terrible show. It's not like it's it's good. Um, I just think I mean, it's it could, not groundbreaking or anything. Of course, by I any honestly means. think you could have done the whole show in six episodes and cut out a lot of the rigmarole. I really do. But whatever, it's eight episodes. That's it is what it About is. About thirty-five to forty-five minutes in length, depending on the episode. It's not terrible. And you I'm gonna watch give him the whole thing in the... about six hours. 
I gotta give them thumbs up for the uh, the dub. Like it's yeah, really yeah. fucking solid dub. So, all right, we need yeah, to uh, we need to move on to the next show. But first, Josh, let me take tell- a selfie. <laughs> well, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna have you tell them about some places they can find our podcast. Well, you know, we're available on a lot of audio platforms. Uh, we're available on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Radio Public. And if you all of those are available, well, just about all of those are available on any device. You know, iTunes is one of those weird ones in Google Play, you know, App Store, iPhone, iStore, whatever. However, Radio Public is available on both Android and iOS platforms, and... If you listen to us on Radio Public on a mobile device, we're part of the Paid Listens program, and a few cents get thrown our way. So if you're going to listen to us on audio, listen to us on Radio Public. We'd appreciate that. Yep, yep, Uh, yep. But, hey, as long as people are listening, that's all that matters in the grand scheme of things. You know, we've, uh, we've been doing this coming up on a year in October. That's pretty exciting. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's really, really cool. And, you know, to show your love, pre-order a shirt. If you're in a position where you can help support us, throw us a few scraps of change, you know, what have you on Patreon. You know, help us make the show better. Help us grow. Help us get to the next level. You know, we want we want to really be the go-to destination for recommendations for exclusive streaming content. That would be great. Absolutely. And, and honestly, if, if money's tight, which trust me, I know that it is, um, just, uh, you know, if somebody's like, Hey, I don't know what to watch on, on, on Netflix, just throw them our podcast, you know, let them know that, uh, or just the website for that matter. Shit. I mean, yeah. Word of mouth sharing is the biggest, biggest key out there. I'm sure most of the listeners do. I'll do do do, do that already. I said do do, uh, but you know, just want to say it anyway. Such a potty mouth. Hey. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Glow, Josh. Let's talk about Glow, the gorgeous oh, okay. ladies of wrestling. So I want you, you know? to. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to give a synopsis of the first season, and then give me your opinion of the first season. Because oh. I watched the first season a long time ago. Like mm-hmm. back when it first came out, but you watched it just now for this podcast. So mm-hmm. I want to know what you think of the first season, and then we'll move into season two. Well, it's basically it's set in late nineteen eighty five in Los Angeles, and the main character it's focusing on is a character named Ruth Wilder. She's a struggling actress. She's going to various auditions. She gets turned down uh, left and right. Finally, you know, her production, uh, not her production, the audition, the casting uh, agent that she auditions for calls her and says, we got something a little unorthodox you might be interested in. So she goes to this tryout and it's for a television show being directed by Mark Maron's character. Um, his name's escaping me for a second. Um, it's, uh, uh Sal? Uh, Sam, Sam. Sam. Yeah. Sam Sylvia. Yeah, he's the director. And basically, it's like, okay, 
you're going to, we're going to make a wrestling show. You're going to play wrestlers. They're like, what? Yeah, you're going to play wrestlers. You know, well, there'll be a script. You'll do a match. And then the next week, new script, new match. And they were basically just throw, throwing together, throwing together a uh, wrestling show. Whereas most, and this is uh, based on a true story of Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. That's what Glow stood for. Which and enough, it was on a Netflix, promotion. On, on Netflix, there is a documentary you can mm-hmm. watch on the whole thing. Yep, there is. And, you know, it was a real promotion from the uh, mid-80s, from 86 to 92, before it went defunct. It's recently been revived in another format, but yeah. I don't. But yeah, this is basically a fictional retelling of that story. Yeah, all of the women uh, are not named the same. They're uh, they're they have similarities to their real world counterparts, but they're also their wrestling personas are drastically different. Um, yeah, yeah. Similar ideas though, same generalized ideas of like pseudo racism and things like that. Like well, those are totally in it. That's pro wrestling in general, and it has been for decades. You know? True, true. I'm just stating that for sake of glow. It's that's how they did it. Um. So what? What grade would you give season one? Because for me, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Right there, it's an A plus. Like it's a stellar. It was a stellar show. I fucking loved season one. So, but what did you think of season one? Well, uh, I give it a solid A. It was very, very good. I really enjoyed it a lot. I uh, love Mark Maron's character. Uh, I thought he was great because, you know, this is the 80s. And, you know, they do touch upon, hey, why can't women do these things that men always get the parts for? You know, and, you know, there is that. It's it's presented, but they don't beat you over the head with it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But... I really enjoyed a lot of the characters. There were very few characters I didn't enjoy uh, so much, but I just liked how the first season really built up towards just them taping their television pilot. You actually didn't see an actual wrestling match. You see them training. You know, they're learning to be wrestlers uh, to the best of their ability, and they're learning to be wrestlers and they're not getting real wrestling training. Uh, so that's, that's another thing. And, you know, as somebody who used to be a huge wrestling fan, don't really care for it anymore. I haven't watched in a few years now. There's a but, lot of reasons uh, was, that kind of sucks now, but well, it does suck. Um, but back then I tried to watch glow a few times. Couldn't stand it. It was terrible. <laughs> It was absolutely terrible. Well, by, uh, by a, a specific episode a, in season two, I can understand why. <laughs> yeah, it was god-awful, man. It really was. And you could tell, and it really hurt because you see in season one and season two, when there are male wrestlers from the wrestling world present, they're like, Pfft. Women can't be wrestlers. You guys are a joke. You're a sideshow attraction. Watching the original old school glow show, you would see why 
because they were a lot, I think they were a lot more harmful than good for the actual wrestling world mm. because 95% of the women on the roster weren't real trained wrestlers. They were actresses and stunt women that were coming in to do a character, a poorly written, sticky character, because this was the middle of the 80s gimmicks, you know, that was a big thing. Uh, flamboyant costumes and everything, but hair pulling and shoving, and it just, it wasn't great. It was terrible to watch. This show, it did a lot to show that, you know, we've got these out-of-work actresses, failed actresses, stunt women. You know, they're going to become wrestlers. You know, it, it was it was really cool to look at, to see the, how they, how much they struggled, how much input they had into the product, and how much, you know, they grew to care about the product. Uh, I thought it was really well done. You know, I don't want to spend too much time focusing on that. We have plenty of time, really regardless. Well but yeah, I agree. Um, should definitely move on to season two. But I'm glad you like season one, but, man. Because but, but one of the big things about season one, you know, Ruth in the very first episode, you see her. She's some guy comes to her her apartment. She's like, "Leave, go home to your family. We can't do this again." And he's like, "But I want to be with you." Kind of find out she's sleeping with her best friend's husband. And, you know, she, she really, she's theater trained. She's like trained in classical theater. She's done stage plays. She's been, you know, recognized for her work in stage plays. And yet for 10 years in Los Angeles, she's been struggling to get even just a side role, you know, uh, any on-camera role as an extra, anything. She can't get anything. So when she's actually trying out... Uh, at the end of the first day, you know, Sam, Mark Marin's character, he tells her, you're fired. Get out of here. Next day, she shows up again. He's like, didn't I fire you yesterday? She's like, I'm not going to let you fire me. She's like, I'm born for this. You know, I know what I'm, you know, this is what I want to do. Or something along those lines. And then her best friend comes in and finds out. And... They go, she chases her into the ring, beats the shit out of her. You know, they have a fight and everything. And Mark Marin, he thinks it's all staged. He thinks the whole thing is a work, as they call it, in the professional wrestling world. And it was 100% real. And he's like, I want both of you on the show. And boom, he's like, that's going to be, that's going to be my center point. That's going to be the focus. You two. He's like, create characters. And, you know, he let everybody create their own characters. And it was just really cool how they were trying to find their characters. Uh, and it was, it's, I, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Season I, two, of course, you know, season one ends, they're actually counting down to watch the pilot that they shot. You know, season two is about them trying to get the show bought uh, by networks because, you know, the, uh, local sponsor has kind of pulled sponsorship from them because they didn't care for the content and the network's only given them so much to work with. So they're trying to make money by selling the show to other networks because they were originally broadcast on one very small, small local network. They want to try to force indication. So, but it's very, 
character driven. Yeah. Very, very. And by not not by wrestling character, but the actual characters on the show. Very character driven. A lot um, of real well written characters. Yeah, that's something that I think for me uh I, I thoroughly enjoy about the show overall is is how it's not just about Ruth or Sam, who are arguably the main characters of the show. Um, especially season two. Um mm-hmm. Every single character has something about them that makes them stand out. And not just in the way of like, oh, the wolf girl looks like a wolf or what the fuck ever. I'm talking about like, they each have their own little story and it, it, it flows very nicely and works together. Um, uh, I, I feel like another big aspect of the show that I really, really enjoy and, and it was exemplified in season two is there is some drama that happens, especially between Ruth and her best friend, who we mm-hmm, are, are talking Yeah. Um, but the comedy is dead on and perfect in this show. Because it's not ham-fisted comedy. It's real moments that you chuckle at, because if it were real life now, you chuckle at it. It would be silly enough to be like, oh, that's funny. My friend just ran into a pole. Let me see if he's okay. He's got like a bloody nose, but everyone's laughing because he ran into a pole. That kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. And they do it so well. Um, It's just, oh, man, I'm really happy that you like the show uh, enough to, like, give it an A. Um. I will get we'll get to grades on season two in a minute, but um, something I really really enjoyed about season two was they they furthered that storyline with Sam and his daughter. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a one note like it's his daughter and moving on. Like there there had to be repercussions, and those came to a head a little past halfway. I want to say, and. I just loved it. I love that whole situation. I loved how Sam was Sam's character growth was essentially him becoming a father without ever yeah. having been a father, like ever. Yeah. I mean, you know, she shows up and tries out for the show and she's like, Oh, I love all of your work in the first season. And what was it early on in the second season or was it near the end of the first season? She actually said, I'm your daughter. And he's like, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> and she, he's like, okay, uh, how's it? What do you want from me? You know, he didn't, he clearly didn't want to be a father. You know, he's like, I haven't seen you. I didn't know about you. I didn't, yeah, I just found out. But he, you know, he invites her to stay and they have a weird relationship and they're trying to learn how to be around each other. And that was really well done. I enjoyed that a whole lot. But uh, at the end, you know, he has to let her go. Let her go back home to her mom. And it killed him to do it. You could see it killed him to do it. He didn't want to do it. And yeah, that was yeah. really, really well done. Yeah, like, I, I think I said to my mom, because I watched this with my mom, who is not a wrestling fan ever in her life. Like, she, her ex-husband was really into wrestling, so there is a photo somewhere of her sitting, and I'm not joking, sitting on Andre the Giant's 
like left bicep while he's like flexing it. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it's he, pretty fucking. Rad. He did that a lot. He did that a lot with kids. <laughs> yeah, did, well, man. my mom was probably around nineteen, twenty years old. In the oh picture. wow! Yeah, um, I could be wrong about the age. I might have been a little bit older, but anyway. Uh, uh, so, but she's just never been into wrestling. Like I remember growing up, and me and my brothers would be watching, you know, uh, WWF. Uh, this was before Monday Night Raw. Like it was. What, a Saturday show at that time? Well, they had several shows. They had uh, Tuesday Night Titans. They had, uh, yeah, it's probably Tuesday Night Titans is what you think. Yeah, honestly, yeah. And and she, she, she'd just walk out of the room or go watch something or do something else while we watched it. And whenever we would talk to her about it, she would, of course, do the whole, like, you know, it's fake, it's fake. And we would argue with her. We, we were too young to understand. We were just like, no, it's not fake. They're actually hitting each other. Mom, you don't know. And then when we got older and, and like Monday Night Raw and SmackDown were a thing. We knew it was staged. We knew it was it was scripted and all that stuff, but we didn't care because we were having fun. This was yeah. especially during the Attitude Era, late mm-hmm. late nineties to early two thousands, which was top 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 tier, if you ask me. Um, pretty much, um, pretty much the best time ever for the business. Absolutely. Um, uh, there's a documentary on that which is really good. Oh, I've seen. You know, like I said, I used to be really huge, really big into wrestling. You know, I know uh, I've met wrestlers, um, attempted to become one when I was 22, uh, (laughs) actually was going to train with uh, Ricky Morton and Buddy Landell. You could do uh, it now, but you'd have to be like... <laughs> oh no, no! See, because that's been done. There is a one-legged wrestler out there. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, dude, he used to be on SmackDown. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. more you know. Uh, well, the reason yep. I was mentioning that as at all is because, like I said, my mom not into wrestling, but the fact that she got really into the show, and then afterwards would sit there and talk to me about how, um, she didn't know how much went actually into wrestling. She didn't oh know. Oh my God. Yeah. She didn't know that it's based that even though it is staged, like they're throwing their body on the mat. She didn't know that stuff, which I was just that like, we should probably watch the movie, the wrestler with Mickey Rourke. Um, yeah. But, um, uh, she just thought it was, you know, kids playing around in a ring. Essentially. It was kind of like how she looked at it. And then, you know, she would, she would see the, the silly characters and she'd just be like, this is over. This is ridiculous. I'm like, also welcome to wrestling. So my, my point is that they do a fantastic job. And like my brother said at the beginning of the show, which thanks again, Josh, um, which is, it's super weird, by the way, in our house, when I talk about you or Josh, I have to say brother, Josh or podcast, Josh. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, he, um, you know, he, he made a very good point that, a lot of the stuff that the show does to show what actual wrestling is or how these uh, characters mm-hmm. kind of interact with one another and stuff like that is is really, really well done for the show. Oh, um, yeah, like putting a match together. Um, yeah. You know, built the storyline build up for the match, too. Uh, I like the fact that, you know, they're showing the ring actually being set up in one episode, you know, uh, yeah. and you hear people say all the time, "Oh, those they've just got a trampoline underneath them." No, they fucking don't. It's a oh, steel frame. There's, and there's there a little is, bit of gif in that in that mat, but 
Well, here's a the thing. Bit, a little bit of give. The only reason that gives there is because the wood is not stir. You know, is not uh, you know, because it's plywood. It's wood laid down two inches thick on top of the steel frame. The oh, gives yeah, I, there because it's not completely, uh, you know, supported everywhere. You know, it's got it's got yeah. support beams, but yeah. No, yeah, I, 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 mean, I there's, understand. There's, I'm just there's, saying. There's like two inches of foam padding over top of the wood, and then there's the canvas over top. So you don't have much. You're still landing on wood. It's like absolutely, oh. absolutely. I mean, there's <clears> a reason that wrestlers over time can only do it for such a you know short period. Like it's crazy to me that Ric Flair and fucking Undertaker were there for however long they were because the Undertaker so many- wrestled this past Saturday night, dude. I'm yeah in Madison Square Garden. I it's at it's insane. Fifty six years old. Yeah, it's insane to me. Like, Stone Cold had to leave the ring because of his fucking spine. Like, granted, that was a fucking shitty situation. Daniel Bryan recently, like, came back because of an injury. Like, this shit is not, is no joke. Like, you will get, you can get very seriously injured. Uh, Exactly, and they did a really, um, they did a really good job of showing how easy it is you can be seriously injured. Because even though they're putting these holds on each other. Right? These holds, if you put these holds, say, I know you and your brother, big wrestling fans. Me and my brother, we were big wrestling fans, so was some of our friends. There had to been times you were imitating putting each other in a figure four leg lock or a scorpion so, death lock, things so like quick, that, right? Quick, quick story. Um, <clears throat> we had a, a couple friends. Like, it was me and my brothers, and we had two friends, um, Charlie and Brian, who were, we were all big WWE fans. And mm-hmm. what we would do is we would take cameras and we would wrestle on a trampoline because we mm-hmm. knew that that had way more give. So there mm-hmm. are legit moments where like one of us is like, okay, I think I just sprained my wrist. And like, that was yeah. Brian primarily. So he'd have like a fucking uh, ace bandage on his wrist for the rest of the summer. Um, uh, there were moments where Charlie, you know, he would, he would get on top of a fucking 10 foot ladder and jump off of it on top of me while on the trampoline. like. Oh, yeah, we did a lot of that shit. A lot of that. We did that that. shit, too. Me and uh, and one of my best friends, MJ. Uh, I miss that guy so much. Uh, He was my next-door neighbor, one of of the just most wonderful people I ever met in my entire life. He passed away a few years ago, and, man, just kills me. Uh, He and uh, my brother... And two other of our friends, we used to wrestle on the trampoline like that. You know, we had a barbecue pit we would climb up and jump off of. And there was, they had a barn in their backyard, and we would jump out of the loft onto the trampoline onto each other. It was crazy. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. But that segueing back into the show, one of the things that it does, it shows how easy it is to actually get injured. In a wrestling match, you put these holds on people. If you're not trained how to do it and know exactly where to stop, you're going to hurt somebody seriously. Oh yeah, like like in season two, Debbie. You know she couldn't stand Ruth anymore. They weren't friends anymore because it destroyed her marriage. She um she had a bad day. She got coked out of her gourd. And she's in a match. She didn't even have that much and coke. She, 
No, which is funny. But, well, she was also had been drinking all day too. So yeah, there's there's up. a lot of factors into her going fucking ape shit like yeah. she did. And she didn't work safe. And boom, she broke I, her. She broke. She broke her ankle. I kept saying over and over and over. I was like, the second that she took that cuck, I was like, oh no, she's gonna mm-hmm. hurt somebody. She's mm-hmm. gonna hurt somebody. And then when it was a match with Ruth, I was like, oh god, she's gonna yep. hurt Ruth. And then the fact that she got her in that fucking was it a figure four? No, no, no she had her in a half crab. She had her half in a crab. half crab. Yeah, and she like, torqued her ankle to the side. And when she did, it fractured that one part of the I bone. Thought it was. I thought she was just gonna uh, sprain her ankle. Like, twist it, like, roll it, essentially, and then the fact that she, like, full-on was able to crack a goddamn bone, I was like, Jesus! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo! Uh, that, that's I something I, that it yeah. showed, though, that it did show how, one, it pays respect to the wrestling business in that you have to know, you have to trust your partner. Um, You know, your partner, you have to make each other look good. Oh yeah, they've we gotta ring, sell the moves. They've yeah, gotta ring, sell the moves. Ring communication, ring communication, like all that ring kind of stuff. Psychology. Like, yeah, oh but, my god, it's just, and you know the dangers of not working safe. Like in that episode, I thought yeah. that was a really, really well done episode. That's why you know a lot of people wouldn't work with Scott Hall. Uh, yeah, when yeah. his problems came to light, that's why he would get fired. Uh, you know, that's when Jeff Hardy was going through his drug issues. Uh, people uh, one, refused one, another, to work another with big, him. Yeah, another big like wrestler from back in the day that had very similar problems in the ring with other wrestlers was uh, Ultimate Warrior. Oh God, yeah, and that was they kind of played into that because when Debbie was coked out in that match, and they're like, Jesus Christ, she needs to slow down. She needs to slow down. There's a classic story about Andre working with the Warrior, and yeah. Warrior kept running at him and hitting him. He's like, slow down. Kept running at him and hitting him full bore. He's like, slow down. I'm not telling you again. It's like a third time Ultimate Warrior did it. Andre like legit knocked him out in the ring. He's let's like, be honest. Andre the slow Giant, down. Let's be honest, Josh. Andre the Giant didn't say slow down. He went, slow down. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, Sorry. I love doing Andre the Giant. <laughs> but he was like, uh, you know, I told him <laughs> to slow down. But yeah, I mean, there's that's that's one of the things that's a key. You got to be able to trust your partner, and you got to be able to work safe and work smart. And this show did a lot of that. They're showing how. And here's the thing: the original show, those ladies couldn't work; they couldn't. And this, they put together, you know, an entertaining show about a show. That was terrible. People have uh, said people have said on on forums and other things that this show makes those ladies look like they could wrestle back in the day. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, they couldn't. No, but they absolutely couldn't. Well, you know the one the one that plays uh, what's her name uh, the welfare queen. Oh, uh, I don't remember the character's name. Um, yeah, Tam- Tamei fucking- Dawson. Yeah, it broke my fucking heart when her son had to watch that. I was like, oh god. You know, she's she's an actual she was an actual wrestler. She wrestled as Awesome Kong in TNA and Karma in the WWE. I didn't know that. Huh. Mm-hmm. And uh Carmen, the one that played Machu Picchu, uh, yeah. her brothers her brothers were Brodus Clay and uh Carlito. 
So funny enough, they're in season one. Yep, and season two. And Chavo Guerrero season, was... Uh, yeah, Chavo no, Guerrero... No, because Brutus, Brutus Clay does not show up in season two, just just the other one. Yeah, Carlito. Uh, yeah, Carlito. He, and, uh, he and Chavo were the uh, tag team, you know, they went up oh, against. Chavo being in the show, I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> so happy I to love, see that. I love Chavo. But yeah, there were some other uh, wrestlers that showed up in season one, and... We'll see uh, John Hennigan. You know, he wrestled as Johnny uh, Johnny Nitro. Uh, he wrestled as uh, John Morrison when they were part of Eminem. He's been down on Lucha Underground. Uh, let's see who else. Joey Ryan. I cannot stand Joey Ryan. <laughs> He's the one that has that, you know, when they grab him by the junk, he does the, what did it call, the penis plex. Oh, he just flexes yeah, yeah, his body yeah. and they just flip over. I was like, that's terrible. It's the worst movie ever. <laughs> I think it's funny, but whatever. I mean, it's funny, but, you know, it it throws all credibility and believability out the window. I think at this point in, in day and age, like, if... I, yeah, I get what you're saying. At this point <laughs> in the day and age, credibility and believability is long gone from the wrestling business. Well, credibility is a different thing now, I think, is the important thing. Like, I really enjoy watching people who are good ring workers. So, like, Daniel Bryan is a fucking yes. excellent ring worker. Um, oh, God, yeah. Like, Brock Lesnar can go fucking dive off a cliff for all I care. That dude just stands oh. in the ring and is like, I'm a big dude with big muscles and a meat brain. <laughs> anyway... I'm not going on a rant about Brock Lesnar and how much I hate him. Um, I love Lesnar. I want to be Brock Lesnar when I grow up. Oh, I hope you don't, because he's an awful human being. Well, I mean... Like, in general, like, both ring and outside. Like, he's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Still. (laughs) Oh, I've seen. I still like him. (laughs) I I still like him. I can't help it. See, I liked I liked back in W. Wow, we're just gonna talk about fucking wrestling. Apparently, um, I liked back in WCW when they did the whole Goldberg thing. I thought that was a lot of fun uh, because it didn't last too long. And and first off, Bill is an excellent dude, like in real life. Plus, um, it was just kind of funny to like watch a match, him come out, fucking beat a guy, and then walk back, or like the whole like him breathe in the fucking smoke from the fireworks and then breathe out of his nose, like. Dude, b- brilliant guy, but I'm getting off task here. I, I do not enjoy big dudes in rings if it's not going to be entertaining. And the Brock Lesnar-Bill Goldberg match was awful. Oh, at WrestleMania 20? awful, yeah. Yeah, 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 it was. Uh, but anyway. that was that, that was the day, too, that they found out Brock Lesnar was leaving. And it was broke right before the show, and the whole crowd knew about it, and it just went to shit. And I remember Stone Cold just standing in the turnbuckle, just laughing at the whole damn thing. Yeah, that yeah, was, was a shit show. Anyway, but, anyway, but um, I know we so, segued a lot off topic there. Well, you that's, know, it's, but it's you know it's a show about thing. wrestling. It's a show about wrestling, yeah. so that was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen, especially yeah. with two people who have history in watching wrestling. But like my mm-hmm. like again, like my brother said at the beginning of the show before. Like, when he rudely interrupted us. Um, you know, the, the show does an excellent job at really showcasing what it's like to train in a wrestling ring. But it does a really good job at also going, these women don't know anything. Sam, the guy who's directing the show, doesn't know anything. Yeah. And 
Um, they didn't know jack shit about the wrestling business, and the one person that he had on hand that did know the wrestling business, he fired him after the first day. <laughs> but season two, season two doesn't. It's not about that because season one was mostly about that. Season two was mostly about do something in the ring that gets views, do something new and better. And there was a whole there was a whole bit about the what the girl who plays Machu Picchu. She. Um, mm-hmm. She had to find new moves. And so while she's sitting with Cherry in a, in, a, in a hotel room, Cherry's like, why can't we just do that move while they're watching her brother wrestle? And she's like, because that would be stealing his move. That would literally be stealing his move, and that's not okay. And she's like, is it illegal? And she's like, no, but, well, let's do it's, it. It's just not done. She's like, And that eh, came back anyway. to bite them in the ass, kind of. Um yep. And that's that's an absolute real thing. Like you don't yes. steal another wrestler's move. Like you just don't do it. Yep. Um, so the fact I that they mean, showcased that and got that into the show somehow was really brilliant. But also, like again, I can't stress this enough, Josh. The whole aspect and the whole angle of making sure that each character was a character, <laughs> like not just a one note person that came in and and played a Viking character, or, you know, like, at least... Well, in fairness, that's pretty much all that one turned out to be, though. For season Uh, two. Yeah. Season one, there was a little bit more to her. Yeah, Um, but not much, but yeah, she was... She also wasn't really in season two that much, but... um, I was going to say, the the little Asian girl, uh, the one that played uh, Fortune Cookie, Mm -hmm. um, they even added a little bit to her character, about her being, like, carefree and uh not really like she just wanted to get laid essentially but then showcasing that in like a later episode where like that's just her security blanket yeah that's just like and and it was kind of like oh that's so sad but also like makes her character a lot more fleshed out and little things like that i really fucking dig um i also really 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 like the relationship that grew between ruth and sam uh, to me, that was oh, absolutely the highlight of the show. And I love how even then, you know, I mean, there's clearly some type of attraction there. Um, that's what my mom kept saying. Like, but and, and even though there is, she's going to deny it, and he once again thinks he's misread something. But I don't think that he did with her. I think that had it not been for somebody else being interested in her, that that would have been a thing. And I think that will come into play in season three. Absolutely. I, I'm also, speaking of that, I'm really fuck. Hey, Horatio Sands, what's going on, buddy? Um, uh, that was Horatio Sands, right? It was Horatio Sands, That's the club thought, owner yeah. that says, oh, you need a venue? How about going to Vegas and doing oh, the shows out there? One of my favorite scenes, speaking of Horatio Sands being the strip club owner, one of my favorite scenes was when Sam was at the bar and he sees the new junk chain dancing. I cannot remember yep. any of these girls' actual names for the life of me. Yolanda. Yolanda, thank you. Yeah, so he sees Yolanda stripping, which is where he found her in the first place. And yep. he finds it kind of odd because of whatever. And then, um, because he's like, yeah, he's she's, like she's a wrestler, she works for me. And then he he's sees, like, I know you now. I can't watch you naked anymore. Uh, who was the, um, uh, the Middle Eastern girl. What was her? I can't remember her character name either. Oh, she uh, she was playing. Um, God, 
I'm looking right at the cast list here, and I can't find her. But I know who you're talking about. Yeah, so that scene where Sam goes up to her and realizes what's happening, and he finds it fucking yeah, adorable. Yeah, Beirut. They called her Beirut. Beirut, that's bomber. right, yeah. Um, uh, which is probably the strongest racial stereotype in the fucking show. Um, I don't know. There were a lot. There were a lot. I mean, Fortune Cookie's Welfare pretty bad, too. Queen, Fortune Cookie, Beirut, Junk Chain, Shoe. Yeah, a lot, but that's... That was late 80s wrestling, in a, in a fucking nutshell. Um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but the scene, that's that scene where he realizes that she's attracted to Yolanda, and Yolanda's, you know, attracted to her, and that there's mm-hmm. a, she's discovering her sexuality, and, like, he sees it without them saying it, uh, and he's just like, this is fucking cute as hell, go for yeah. it. I was just like, I fucking yeah, adored her, that scene. And he gives her some money. And he's just like, have a blast and leaves. That was See, that's awesome. the thing. That's why Sam is my favorite character in the show, which sounds weird in a show that has a huge cast of ladies. Um, but Sam, to me, is the is the character who has arguably the most growth. He does. He really does. Because, you know, episode one, he's a... a I mean, he's the epitome of male chauvinist producer, director. Yeah. In the 80s. And the end of season two, he's like, he's coming around. You know, he sees, he's trying very, very hard not to be a douchebag. Yeah. And he's genuinely caring for all the women that work for him. Yeah. So, that was really, really good character growth on his Especially when Ruth was almost fucking raped. Oh, God, yeah. I love his reaction a total, to it. I, I love that whole total Harvey Weinstein reference. That was just not. This um, show does that in spades about like, are you a man in the fucking entertainment industry and you're using women intentionally for that shit? Go fuck yourself. Like, exactly. Legitimately go fuck yourself. And I was like, yeah, exactly. I love that message. So, um, but Josh, we should we should definitely wrap up here and give uh, um, grades. Uh, any other thoughts? Final thoughts before we do that. No, no. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, well, I'll go first since you went first with Rain, um, which is tend tend to how we do it. Like you just go first with the first show, whatever. Um, so I'm gonna give this season two an A plus, as I did with season one. I fucking adore this show just to pieces. Like I'm so excited for season three when they go to Vegas. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun to see how these characters handle Vegas, especially Ruth. Uh, that last line from Sam to her, like, oh, you've never been to Vegas, so you're going to hate it. Like, I does perfect. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. perfect. Um, I could, I cannot get enough of this show just from every angle, the wrestling angle, the, 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 um, uh, showing the world what like certain things were like in the eighties and how bad it was and how, you know, how we can change. And, but also at the same time, making us laugh with these characters that we love. It's just so, so good. If you have not watched glow, please, 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 please do. Because it is so fucking good. Um, again, A plus. I, I can't. I cannot recommend it enough. Josh, go ahead. It's all right. I hate it's you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a really solid show. I enjoyed it a whole hell of a lot. Misty enjoyed it a whole hell of a lot too. I'd give it a solid A. Uh, you know, it does a wonderful job in portraying the story fictional as it is of how the company got its start uh how it struggled to find uh backers financially 
how it did after a year or two actually move to Las Vegas from Los Angeles. Uh, and that's cool. It's going to be cool to see, you know, in the upcoming season how that's played out. But strong characters, excellent character growth, fantastic writing, you know, accurate portrayal of uh, how shit was in the 80s. Um, you know, and with the current social uh, aspects of what's going on in the entertainment industry and in the world in general, you know, um, it, it, it does so much well. And yet still, while it does all these things well, it still manages to pay respect to the wrestling industry itself. So for that, yeah, I give it a, it's, it's a really, really solid show. I'll take an A. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I mean, prefer you give it a plus so we can give it our... <laughs> it's a, it's a hard, hard A. It's, I'm not going A plus because it's just not perfect to me. Fair enough. But it's close. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's really well done. Anything in an A, like we give an A, A plus, oh, or yeah. A minus, like anything, you need to anything, watch that show. Yeah. That's how this works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anything I give an A to uh, is going to be well, all right. Well, that was good. yeah, that was a very I, I enjoyed that talk. I was really looking forward to talking to you about that show. Um, guys, next next episode, I almost did it again. I almost did it next week. I almost did it. God damn it! Next episode, which will be two weeks from now or two weeks from. I guess. Two weeks from uh, today, which is not really today. Uh, <laughs> but let's see, what's tomorrow the 13th? So this episode publishes the 13th, so the next episode will upload and publish on the 27th of July. There you go. So on the, on the 27th, we're going to watch a movie and a TV show. Uh, I have a lot going on this summer, so you're gonna we're probably going to do like this movie and a TV show situation for a little while. But, and we might have to continue that into August because hopefully in August I'll actually be into physical therapy and rehab for the leg. So there you go. I mean, that's I know fine. I'll, I know I'll be busy with that a few days. There's so many Netflix produced movies. Like we have a ton of content we could watch, so it's not a big deal. Yeah. But we're gonna watch a movie called Mute, which stars um, Clive Alexan Owen and Alexander Skarsgård and Paul Rudd. Was Clive Owen in this one, or was that the other one we were talking no. about? Clive Owen's not in this one. It's Paul Rudd okay. and Alexander Skarsgård. Thank you, Paul Rudd. Okay, so, yeah, we discussed, like, which movies. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Uh, and the other show is Kiss Me First, which is a CGI, CGI animated show. Um, right. I don't know what it's about, per se, but it's new, so there's that. Yeah, um, I watched the trailer for it. It looks interesting. Misty was interested in it, and I'm like, you know what? If you want a synopsis of it, just come back on the 27th and listen to the synopsis oh, then. Oh, snap. All right, guys. Or uh, watch it and then listen to what we think about it in two weeks and let us know what you the, think. It's probably the best bet right there. It's a really, sh it's not, it's not a long show. Which Six episodes, episodes like, about 45 minutes long. Yeah, it's not that long. Um, Not as long as fucking uh, the rain was. Oh, boy. Um. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Show uh, me on the doll where the rain hurt you. That, that's a weird <laughs> statement. You can only get here on all queued up, folks. Show me uh, on the stump, then. No, I don't want to touch your stump. Why? 
He hasn't done anything. Hey, all right, guys. As you've heard for those of show, you, for those of you out there that don't know, my leg was amputated below the knee. God, weeks so, ago. Get over it, already, Josh. Well, well, I've been making I've been making stump puppets to entertain myself. And oh characters. my God, that's right. Yeah, plug that shit. I've been making stump puppets to entertain myself and doing characters, and I started an Instagram account for the stump called Stump underscore Puppet underscore Reviews. Uh, as I get more and more materials and come up with new characters, I will be posting more pictures of them. But one of my friends, Matthew Deluxe Baldwin, shout out, love you, Deluxe. Um, he is notorious for taking selfies while he's on the toilet. Like in a public restroom in a stall. I mean, you know, you you only see him from like you know, most his torso up. You don't see anything. You don't see the actual toilet or him with his pants down or anything. But he's just like throwing a smile and giving a thumbs up or something. And I was like, I've totally got to do a toilet selfie with the stump. So I did, and I sent it to him, and he's like, "How did? Oh, he's like the thumbs up on that is just spectacular." I was like, "I know, man, I love it." So yeah, I've been doing goofy stuff like that because hey, I've got a warped sense of humor. But that's good, good stuff. That's that's one of the places that you can find me. You can also uh, find me on uh, the Twitter, as they say, at. Uh, and Sabanur one nine seven six. Is it one nine seven six or just seven six? No, on the Twitch it's the seven six. But on okay, yeah, on on Twitter it's one nine seven six. And you know I've been what? Doing it wrong. Twitch. I may I may go back to Twitch one day. I may not. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, well, but we'll I did see. make a couple of appearances on Verbally Challenged. My friend uh, Hurricane BX's podcast. Check that out. Uh, it's a really cool show, and uh, you know, done some stuff with uh, some of the guys from the Realm of Collectors on the uh, Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. Uh, you know, hopping in on uh, some hangouts. We actually had a broadcasted hangout not too long ago, so been really getting into that lately. So those are places you can find me, Realm of Collectors on Facebook. Find those guys. Big shout out. Love that community. But that's the places where people can find me. But where can they find you, Greg? Uh, probably out back behind the um, uh, Denny's. I was trying to think of a gross restaurant for well, the joke. Denny's isn't gross. That's why I used to do this like, question mark. I like I like Denny's. I mean, what what dumpster if do you think? Say, what 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 restaurant dumpster do you think would be the worst to find me behind? McDonald's. Really? McDonald's is the absolute worst restaurant in the world. I hate I McDonald's. Don't, don't agree with you at all on that I, one. I detest and loathe McDonald's, man. And here's the thing. I hate McDonald's food, but sometimes in a pinch, I'll eat it. But it's like instant regret and I wish I hadn't as soon as I swallow it. <laughs> oh, I'm just boy. like, why anyway. do I do this to myself? Fuck you, McDonald's. Burn in hell. So. Um, you can blame McDonald's <laughs> on your you can blame McDonald's on your uh, on your stump. Um, yeah, this this podcast has been brought to you by Ronald McDonald. Not really, huh? I'll edit that out. Fuck it. You can. 
could leave that what in. I'm say- I lo- what I lo- I'm saying I, is, here's the thing. I, I love I jokes. I love jokes that are so bad that there's no there's no laughter at all, and then the person just go, "Well, <laughs> that fell flat on its face." That's funnier to me. Anyway, moving on. Guys, you can find me at Chub Rock Geek on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Chub Rock Geek. Pretty much, if you search Chub Rock Geek, you'll find me on most on on just about anything you can you can follow me on. Um, so what you're saying is Twitter. Yes, because that's primarily where it's. I mean, I don't post anything on Instagram or Facebook, but I do have accounts on both those. Um, you can also follow me on uh, or follow me at the Mission Start podcast stuff. Um, so there's a Twitch channel, Mission Start P, where I stream on that channel. Plus, after the summer, after Anthony gets his shit together, we'll try to get back into doing the podcast, but I don't know. Uh, you can also follow Mission Star Podcast on YouTube, which I will start uploading uh, opinions on video games or uh, um, reviews on a game or my Overwatch Minute stuff. So you can go see me there. Uh, where else can you see me? I think that's about it right now. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for us this this episode. I keep... oh. Weekly don't podcasts forget, are killing me. Don't don't forget to go to www.allcuteuppodcast.com, the hub for all of our content. I know exactly. I am behind on getting the last few episodes uploaded to YouTube. I have not, you know. I mean, I'm still I'm still recovering. I mean, I feel I feel better every day, and I feel stronger than I have, and better than I have in months. But I'm still not 100 percent back into form so the video side of things you know it's going to be a little delayed but the audio versions will still be here every other friday but yeah well that's fine i mean no one's rushing you no one's saying josh get about now no one's being your uh your j jenna jameson on that um or joe jackson josh give me pictures or spy who joe jackson I don't know who Joe Jackson is. The Jackson family. Oh, their dad, the one that's an asshole who got it. Okay. Yeah. I forgot that he did that. Um. Uh, he was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so on that note, folks, I think we're gonna end the end the episode. Uh, again, <laughs> again, and end a note on that awful person. Uh, again, next next episode is going to be uh, mute a film. And the show Kiss Me First. Uh, so definitely check those out before watching our show next episode. Almost said next week again. I'm just going to do that for the end of time. That's going to be my, my thing. It's going to be that and Hella, apparently. Um, oh. See, now I have to do a YouTube video because you said Hella. And I'm not going to say why. I'm Californian. What do you want? It's part of my vernacular. Vernacular, not vernacular. Vernacular is... I was going to say, did you say vernacular instead of vernacular? I did vernacular? say vernacular, and then I fixed it. Oh, my God. Well, at least you fixed it immediately, unlike some unnamed people who we won't mention, uh, like Anthony. Uh, and his terrible I'm, I'm spelling and pronunciations. Anthony All Bialis right. is terrible at spelling and pronouncing things. That's so Love mean. you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we, we should, uh, we should definitely end here. Um, guys, again, thank you so much 
for hanging out with us, for ta- for for listening to us on our bullshit. Uh, definitely uh, hit up the Patreon if you guys wanted us to do fun stuff like that. Uh, commentary over a, a bad movie or just a movie in general, and and kind of maybe sit in a Google chat with us and and all that jazz. Um, definitely something we're looking forward to, but we can only get that going if we get the Patreon running correctly. So, um, that's no pressure. Don't don't feel like you have to, because we good God we don't you don't have to. But we'd like you to. If, we'd if appreciate you're in a it. position to help us grow, we encourage yes. it. Yes. Look, and I understand money's tight. I'm currently not working because school's out, so I have no money. Um, so I get it. But um, but yeah, guys. Uh, again, thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Take care, everybody. 